Hello and welcome to the Data Busters podcast, the podcast for all things school data. And here we go again. Primary schools are back and secondaries are welcoming students with a series of three lateral flow tests and a regular testing regime as we resume in-school learning for all our students. A year into the COVID pandemic, it looks like we finally have the systems in place to see a way out of the most bizarre year most of us have ever experienced. With everyone returning to -to face-to-face teaching and with much discussion around lost learning, catch-up programs and the reopening of gaps, we look at how schools should react to the emergence from the latest national lockdown as we aim to hit the ground running. I'm Richard Selfridge, author of Data Busting for Schools, and joining me as always is Jamie Pembroke, data buster extraordinaire, insight facilitator, and all-round data guru. So, Jamie, is it quiet around your house now? Yeah, it is, mate. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah, it's really weird. It's disconcerting. Um, So my daughter, um, she had her test uh, yesterday, which Mm -hmm. she was really nervous about when it was first announced and then she was kind of asking lots of questions you know what children they ask loads and loads of questions when they're really concerned about something yeah um and then i heard her on her because she's doing the the, the the teams calls at the school you know that the, the on, um online remote learning and yep. uh and they had a little they had a little kind of session um about it about the testing and there was this poor teacher was just being bombarded with questions and um, I don't know what Rosa asked. I could just hear this teacher go, oh, no, don't worry, Rosa. No, it's fine. It's just a teacher. <laughs> yep. Anyway, let's move on now. <laughs> let's move on now. There are so many questions, particularly, it. again, uh, you know, for, the, for those in the you know, early stages of Key Stage 3, again, you can imagine there's a load of, because my daughter, who's in Year 7 as well, is, uh, again, so she's gone in, she's done her, assess, uh, her test today and is due into school tomorrow older daughter in year 10 uh, went in yesterday and uh, is in school today um again so everything is sorted out their school was pretty good because they did yeah. a they did a little film of where their testing center the in-school testing center is which obviously the children who've been in school because again trying to discuss this is so difficult because children have been and haven't been in school um, but anyway everything looks like it's moving forward in, yeah, in yeah. secondary Slick. and then in primary um the all of my year six children who i teach are all in school learning at the moment uh, and I'm obviously I teach some Thursdays, Fridays, so I'm really looking forward to seeing them. So we're back, back, back. Things are moving in the yeah. right direction. But the, yeah, yeah, the quietness, yeah. if you're not in school, um, for those people in school, you'll probably uh, you, you won't experience this now. But it's very quiet at home. It is. It is very quiet. It is very quiet. Yeah. But do you know, the joyous thing yesterday was um, opening the, uh, the the back doors of the house here, and you could hear the children in the local primary school. And it was oh, it's lovely. Such a, it, yeah, exactly. Lovely. When they're all out, exactly, and there's so yeah. much noise, exactly. Yeah, because it has it's to... only a couple hundred yards away, and uh, yeah. yeah, you could hear them all playing, and it was just great. And the sun's out, and they're enjoying themselves. And yay! That's yeah. That's and good. for that's for good. me as well, and the, just watching the children going up to the local primary yeah. schools. We've got a couple near us, um, and the children, you know, heading past. And again, they're skipping along. I hope that they're all well. I think one of the bits of feedback that I have heard from people is that uh, some of the children who've been in school. Um, because uh, obviously, you know, 25% or so of children have been in schools and have had some support there. But a lot of those children, they are actually finding it a little bit tricky because it's been their territory for the last yeah. two or three months. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mm. This is my manner. 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. quite grateful that my year sixes have been in the year five classroom with, with um, year fives and sixes have been put in the same classroom. So actually, so our class, they haven't been in too much. So they don't feel too. But I can imagine, yeah, that sense of ownership. I'm sure by, by this time next week, we'll have other things to worry about. But we'll I, see I'd, how it goes. Um, a teacher say to me recently that, uh, that the parents, <laughs> the parents yeah. were so happy you could yeah. see them smiling behind their masks. Yeah. You know, the, the, the actual corners of their mouths are like appearing above the uh, the, the exactly. edges of their mask. It was just, oh, yeah. yay! Go on, exactly. bye! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is a different thing as well, because obviously in secondary now, the you know all of the students are being expected to wear masks in lessons. Um, and in primary, the, t- the, the adults, the teachers, teaching assistants, so they're expected to wear masks. So anyway, but we're moving forward. And I, I think that with this coming out of this lockdown, at least there's so much stuff that's in place now. You know, the testing hopefully should pick up secondary students who've um uh, who are positive for covid um it'll t- pick up the adults in primary because i'm being tw- i'm testing twice a week as a teacher and we all are in primary largely um so we'll see how all this anyway it looks uh, you know let's just keep all fingers crossed touch all the bits of wood whatever superstition that you have make sure that you're uh, you're obeying it so that we can hopefully get everybody back in and we can see yeah. some sense of normality on the horizon yeah yeah and wash your hands Exactly. Wash your hands Obviously. regularly. So we're back anyway. So, and schools, we're adjusting to um, yet another set of requirements from the DfE. We've, so I say we've got masks being worn. There's regular yep. testing. Uh, and there's also a series of amendments to national assessments, um, which means that schools are thinking about um, what they're doing. So uh, for this podcast, we're going to have a good look at the situation in schools uh, and what this means for those people who, as we say, are generating, collating and analysing data and what actions that arise from that analysis. So in terms of where we are at the moment, let's have a good thing. We're going to look at what schools should be doing to support their students um, as everybody comes back into um, in class, face to face, teaching and learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, do, do we, have we have we said the uh, the C word? <laughs> what the, my one i say so there's my one and there's the national one because because i am I, I, everybody is slightly fed up of, of catch up and listening to catch up for all kinds of reasons i think we should go for covid catapults COVID catapult. catapults bring them Fire. back again exactly bring them back in but again yeah. there is this big discussion about uh, about what we should be doing because clearly there are you know there's a national discussion about um catch up and if you listen to the radio watch tv you'll yeah. read the newspaper there's a load of that talking about catch up but yeah. we know of course that there's the situation is is a bit more complicated as ever i think you'll find it's a bit more complicated than that um and you know because children have been asked to work um during yeah. this this period yeah yeah um, yeah. As... yeah 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 it's not like they've been sat at home doing nothing and i think that uh um, you know, anecdotally, the conversations that I've had as a governor and talking to you know, teachers is that many, many children are fine. Exactly. You They're know, fine. That, They've been working. It, it, yeah. If you read the media, and this is actually mm. what a teacher said to me yesterday, that, that mm. the media has um, possibly over-exaggerated. Uh, you know, it's mm. quite alarmist that there's going to be this mm. massive uh, crisis in mm. children's learning and in their, well, also in their mental health. And, and it's not to... You know, that, mm. that is going to be an issue for some children. Some children are going to be behind um, yeah. and provision is being put in place uh, for those children. And it, mm. and it will be quite difficult to mm. <coughs> catch those children up. Um, mm. And there will be children with um, mental health issues as well. But I think that the overwhelming feeling is that the, you know, the majority of children are fine. Yeah. 
Exactly. And you think, you know, the, the requirements in schools, and again, everybody working in schools knows this, but if you don't work directly in schools, you might not know. You know, the government put um, uh, various regulations in place and said that, you know, in schools you had to provide yeah. digital platforms. It had to yeah. be a common digital platform across the school. Yeah. You had to overcome issues with children's access to those platforms. So we had programs to provide laptops and, um, and equipment and, um, you know, data cards and so on so that children could access yeah. that digital yeah. platform. You had to provide printed resources for pupils who couldn't access things from school. Yeah. So all those regulations were put in place. And as well as that, Key stage one, they were expected to have three hours worth of learning a day in the, during yeah. the week. Um, key stage two, four hours. Key stage three and four, five hours of learning. So loads of stuff were put in place. And as far as we know, the majority of children, um, it, particularly in this lockdown, which is the third national lockdown, but the second school's lockdown, the remote learning um, has been pretty effective in, in as much as children have engaged with it. Yeah, I yeah, think overwhelmingly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, that it, it, as, a, you know, as a governor, um, you... you, you your party to conversations about uh, how how that remote learning offer has been received, and it's Absolutely. never going to satisfy everybody. It's just impossible to satisfy mm. everybody to get it right. Um, mm. I think the majority of primary, secondary schools uh, have most secondary schools. I think, or a lot of secondary schools, have gone for a full kind of timetable of uh, of live lessons. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's really difficult to do with primary and the different ages mm -hmm. and the very young children. So they've tended to go for uh, a mix, maybe mm -hmm. an intro lesson, an end of day lesson or one after lunch, you know, just maybe half an hour um, mm -hmm. and opportunities to get, you know, get in touch with the teacher, talk to the teacher and um, ask questions and what have you. But the rest of it is set work and, and you work sort of with, well, not independently, but some children work independently, younger ones will be working with parents. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think that yeah. it's been... Yeah pretty effective so children have been working so therefore the gaps yeah. may not be as bad as uh for the majority of children then mm. their uh you know uh learning loss has mm. not been i don't know you have fun with that phrase as well um, yeah, exactly. has yeah. been a, a, as bad as as some would, would, would make out but there the, the trouble is that for those children that it is a problem for that mm. have fallen mm. back back um they will have fallen back maybe quite considerably uh, yeah, there may be whole therefore gaps which they, you know, yeah, have, which they may have widened. And I think it's that, yeah, exactly. It's, it's recognising the fact that the, the picture across schools is, is, I mean, again, as ever, it's quite fragmented. But in this lockdown, so in this sort of January through to March lockdown, we know that um, schools have, the majority of schools have been providing um, live interactions with teachers yes. um, every day. Primary schools yes. uh, are doing it in particular ways. Usually, you know, it's, it's certainly a lot less than secondaries because of the age of the children and so on. But yep. there has been live interaction yes. um, for the majority um, of children. And most children have engaged with that. Again, TeacherTap have been really useful with this um, in terms of just uh, just doing a bit of research and, and then revealing that research. So they were saying that last, in the first lockdown, so back in um, April, May last year, you know, 15% of schools were doing daily registrations in primary, maybe 20% um, mm. in secondary. But in this lockdown, you know, it's been 65, um, 70% of, of primary mm. schools have been doing live um, interactions each day, um, yeah. over 70, 75% of secondary schools um, every day. And most of those schools will be doing it intermittently. So, so there has been a lot of interaction there, a lot of engagement. So we know that. The yeah. other thing to be said is that um, schools have also been largely tracking who's been engaged during this yeah. period. 
So I think in terms of what schools should be doing to support their students, schools should have a fairly good idea of who's been engaging and who hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, they'll have been recording that information one way or another. Teachers certainly should have a good sense as to which of their um, students, which of their pupils have and haven't been engaging. So I think this is one of the key things, and certainly we've done this at the school where I teach, is to say, actually, we, you know, the, the temptation is to, is to assess all the children and do some rigorous assessments when they come yeah. back in. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's not a good use of your time or effort, because if you know that a huge numbers of your children have engaged and you know that you've seen work, you've seen them yes. um, from them, yeah. then a bit of a sort of a low stakes, simple, just checking in to see whether, you know, whether you think they've learned the things you're expecting them to over the last two months, particularly in, in primary in things like maths and English, yeah. um, in secondary in your subject. Um, I think we should do that. Um, and that seems to make sense to me. Um, find a low stakes way of assessing those children who you're pretty sure have engaged. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. So um, that's pretty much along the lines of the conversation I had recently as a, you know, a, a governor of um, a school here in, in Gloucestershire that uh, they've decided that they will not be doing, um, you know, sort of more formal assessment uh, mm -hmm. early on. They'll, yeah. they'll leave it. Um, and and this this particular teacher said we we, we already know which just what you said we already yeah. know pretty much where the issues are not the precise issues we don't know mm. exactly well we, mm. actually they kind mm. of do you know because they know what they've been teaching yeah. and they know yeah. children that have been engaged or not and those children that have been mm -hmm. engaged will be fine those children that aren't um, mm. they know you know yeah. what 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 the problems are going to be so um, there's mm -hmm. no need necessarily to like you know march them in this mm. week boom, do a standardised test. Uh, yeah. It's just it's not really that necessary. Um, no, exactly. But at some and point, think, you probably are yeah. going to want to do something like that. Exactly. And I think that's the other thing for schools to think about. OK, so if we are going to just, just, you know, have a kind of light touch check in with the children who we believe have been engaging, you know, how would you do that? And again, I think this relates back to a few things which we've said on previous podcasts in terms of, um, you know, standardised tests, which you and I, are, <laughs> I think, um, I, I keep saying to people, they're really useful as long as you accept the limitations, they're really useful. But some of the limitations are, um, you know, they, they are they're useful if you use them in the way which they've been designed to be used. And of course, none of these assessments that you can get hold of have been designed to be used no. after a year's COVID no. pandemic. No, no, no. Just, no. They're just aren't, there's none of those around. No, so tough, you're going to have to recognise the limitations. So there are a couple of issues here. Um, one is that, that the temptation is, understandably, to use... Um, a test out of time that you yeah. use a test that was designed for a different period point in time. So last September schools were understandably using, because there is no, there are no standardized tests that are designed for September. They're designed for the end of the autumn term. They were using the end mm -hmm. of the previous year's tests. Um, but that's not really, you know, they're not um, benchmarked against the group of children uh, at the beginning of the year. So they're not benchmarked mm -hmm. against a, a new year five cohort. They're benchmarked mm -hmm. against a, uh, end of year four cohort and that that is a difference you know so mm. if you've got your year five children you say we'll take this end of year four test uh, that's not mm. exactly the point in time it's designed to be taken was uh three months previously or whenever mm. that, that you know two months previously so that can make a difference even in normal times that can make a difference um mm. so it, it's it's not don't do it but where are we now uh mm. we are um in march so there are there are um tests be designed to be taken now Mm. Uh, but I don't know, you know what, what that data is going to tell you. What it will tell you, I suppose, is how your cohort compared to a non-COVID-affected uh, cohort. So that, that, that could be quite revealing because it will say, well, um, 
this is how far behind, if at all, this is how far behind they are from the, the normal normal, the true normal, mm-hmm. the, the, the mm-hmm. non-COVID normal. Yeah. Um, what it won't do, because you might end up with a whole bunch of low scores mm. uh, and you might be quite alarmed by that. But what it won't do is tell you if those, no, new, those, uh, th- those low scores are abnormally low because mm-hmm. everyone else has got low scores. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, so you kind of need two bits of information. You kind of need to know how far behind uh, the normal normal they are, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of the, the point of doing the test in the first place to see, you know, where, where they sit in the national population. But you also want to see like, mm-hmm. whether they are a tip, um, you know, whether they're typical or not compared to other schools in this current situation. And of course, they won't they won't really tell you that. Unless it's going to be hard to get a whole bunch of schools. What you could exactly. Say, we yeah. get together a whole bunch of schools and like pull your data together and go, look, well, we got these low scores. Oh, so do we, so do we, so do we, so do we. Oh, mm. actually, so our low scores look pretty normal then. Um, yeah. and, and actually, that's something we, I, I, we've talked about at Insight, whether we can do that. Because obviously, we're, at some point soon, over the next mm. month, uh, there will be a lot of schools that are going to start submitting that sort of data, put that sort of data into their tracking system. So that's something that we... Exactly, uh, to we see where they can at. use that. And I think yeah. that's, the, that's the thing, is that because we've also, because we've talked about the different types of tests that you get broadly. Um, yeah. uh, and we mentioned, I think we mentioned this again in a previous podcast, but just to be clear, broadly, um, tests are designed as series tests or, uh, or parallel tests. Yeah. And the series tests are kind of, they, they increase or they, they uh, adapt to the curriculum that's being taught. So particularly in maths, they adapt to the curriculum. Yeah, they, they increase in difficulty. The content yeah. changes in line with the, the change in the, sort of the national curriculum. So Exactly. So those yeah. are the series tests. Parallel tests are more designed to, to test your aptitude for the subject. Um, and they, so they, they don't, um, they're not necessarily aligned to the, you know, the, the well, curriculum. Being yeah, taught I mean, the problem point of a parallel test is you, get, you yeah. get an A test and you get a B test. And the A yeah. test and the B test are pretty much comparable. They're not exactly the same, yeah. obviously, because one child can no. just learn the test. Um, sure. You remember the answers from the first time, but they are mm. uh, very, very similar, comparable in difficulty. So they're designed not necessarily to be taken at a specific mm. point in time. They're designed to be taken at either ends of a period of support. So actually a parallel test uh, mm. has uh, um, some appeal. Now, mm. if you've got um, children coming back and then they've got this like period of support, catch up, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm. and, and then you could do the test again and go, oh, look, this is how much they've improved by. That, that, that's because uh, yeah. there yeah. is going to be um mm. uh, a, a need to try and monitor the effectiveness of any strategies you put in place yeah exactly so i think so again understanding the difference between those two because again my um experience with most most of the schools that i work with are using um serials tests yeah and they're still, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The so they're norm. using those so if you look at that again um, given that this lockdown has been very different to the first one, when children came back in September, you know, we hadn't seen a whole bunch of the children for a long time and we didn't mm. really know what they'd been doing at home. This time we've got much more, um, much more of a sense as to what children have been doing. So I, uh, my strong recommendation is that people use it. If you use a series test and if you do those, um, then use one, but do it, you know, second last week of this term. So do it in two or three weeks time and, and, and just do it as a relatively low stakes, um, uh, and then because you, you're expecting most of the children that you, you, you work with or you, um, that you're responsible for to have done the work which they should have done. So do the assessment there, do it in a low stakes way. Yeah. That's for the majority of children. And again, it will provide the diagnostic information that you might be looking for, again, with all the caveats, because well, it it's a strange time and so on. But, but <laughs> exactly, it might do that. But, but, you know, doing that and doing it in a relatively low stakes way, it's time efficient and it will give you some useful information. The other group of children are the children where you're just not sure what they've been doing. You're not sure because, you know, whilst you might have engaged and tried to find out what's been happening with them, you're not sure. But you should know that. 
as schools as teachers um so therefore those are the children you might want to look at and those are the children where we're going to do something slightly different so firstly we should talk about the fact that um you know the national tutoring program which is a fascinating thing yep for all kinds of reasons um because of just the way it's been set up. What's your understanding of the National Tutoring Programme then, Jamie, as somebody who kind of has been keeping an eye on this? Uh, well, uh, schools get money. Uh, they <laughs> yep. pay people to do some tutoring with children. Um, That's the basic thing, isn't and it? Exactly. I know the schools have already received some money. Uh, yeah. So I think yeah. that they're getting it in tranches, um, and they, that, that first tranche has already come in. Um, exactly. And there are various providers. In fact, we were talking about this beforehand. There are various yeah. providers of... of uh, of this tutoring or this, this support that you can, mm. you can tap in, that you can buy into. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and, and, uh, and, and obviously the, the, the tutor gets up. There was the thing, we, we were talking about the, mm. that article in The Guardian, weren't we, about mm. the, uh, the yeah, money Yeah, we'll put that in the involved. show notes for those people who haven't read, because, again, there is some controversy, as always, with money that's being sprayed yeah. around as a result of um, the, the pandemic. Um, and certainly there's a, there's a really useful article. I think it was, it was The Observer on The Guardian's website. Yeah. Um, talking about the fact that uh, those who are, um, are being asked to tutor children, um, they are being paid a fraction of the amount that uh, is being charged for the tutoring. Um, obviously, there's some administration costs and so on, but there's some, there's some controversy there. But I think the thing to be said with the tutoring programme is that, um, that, that I, the things that I've picked out of it, firstly, that it's, it's very influenced by the um, Education Endowment Foundation's finding about um, how to run effective intervention programs that terrible word nobody particularly likes it but it's the word that's used where you're trying to um to support a child to develop some learning in an intensive way but the ef uh, advice um has been very clear that if you do want to support children you should have a very clear objective you should do some pre-testing and some post-testing so that you can see whether um, the impact of what you've done um it should be uh done uh using very clear um, effectively scripted lessons really where it's very clear what you're doing for the child it's done in time limited um, and timed blocks um, and they've used all of that um, advice to Im to influence what they've um, put in place in the national tutoring program which basically follows all of that it should be effectively 10 one-hour sessions pre and post testing delivered by a trained person who is delivering train particular um, series of lessons so all of that's in place. And again, schools are beginning to look at doing that. Um, again, it's, it's, been, it's slower in its rollout than it really should be, but then that's probably pandemic related. But anyway, so we know that for certain, certain children, you'll know in school, OK, yeah, we're going to use the National Tutoring Programme because we really know that some children... Need they don't to have support. to use it, though, do they? They don't have to, know. it's option. So they get a catch-up premium that can be spent on other things. It doesn't have oh, they to be can spent choose, on Yeah, that. exactly. So schools can choose to do that. So one of the things you might use is the National Tutoring Programme um, which, again, you know, uh, I think given what we know of, of good uh, intervention programs, it's probably not a bad way to go, except that it's quite expensive for what it does. So you really need to be certain that it's the right thing mm. for you to do. Yeah. But otherwise, you're going to be doing things in school. And again, hopefully schools, this is the, the, the tricky thing where you get close to those children who, who you, you think haven't engaged as much and therefore may not have learned the things that other children have learned. Now, Again, it's, this is why I get frustrated and lots of people get frustrated with the learning loss because a lot of the time it's not lost learning. It's not like they've forgotten stuff. Mm. Um, it's not that the children have forgotten things. It's just that they might have missed out on it wasn't things taught. that other children haven't missed out okay. on. Well, mm. Yeah, it's not that it's lost. It was possibly not taught in the first place. Or not learnt in the first place. You know, it was offered, but the children didn't 
didn't engage with the learning okay, that yeah. was available to them. Because again, they've been, you know, my year sixes have been set for four hours of work a day, you know, so that's, that's 20 hours of, of learning that they should have been doing, but, mm. but it's remote and we're not absolutely certain how much of that they've been able to engage with, for example. Yeah. And it may be, you know, some of those children who, who we haven't really seen in my school, they might have engaged. I don't know, which is why you need to go there and, and find out what you think the children have engaged with. Yeah. And that's a trickier thing, obviously. But then, you know, teachers are trained professionals and are pretty good at, at, yes. at least making assumptions about what they think children have and haven't learned. So I think we need to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what I would hope to see within schools broadly is that children come back in. We're not going to be doing whole scale, right, sit down and do a test, everybody, and do it in this way and spend a load of time assessing them. Uh, we're not going to do it like that. I, know, one of the gonna... things that's you know, what worried me is, one, the sort of the inappropriate use of tests, so yeah. uh, and we, we, we've talked before about, you know, using um, like previous years tests, using tests out of time uh, mm. to assess children. Uh, so you've got a, if you've, you've decided that this child in year five is is working well below. So you go, oh, I'll get them to do some year three test or year two test. And it's not really yeah. going to tell you anything. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Useful. Just don't do that. School. Uh, just don't, exactly. yeah, just don't, don't do <laughs> the that. The child's in year I, five. Well, there is no point doing an assessment from unless, another year unless, group. Um, you, you know, you're fortunate enough that that particular test that you've selected is testing exactly what it yeah. is that you want to test that child. But chances are the best thing you can yeah. do is design your own test to test exactly what it is that you want to test. Or you can get these yeah. sort of diagnostic sort of tests and screening tests and things that you could, you could use. But, but, um, mm. but to go and just go, all right, okay, so all the year five children are going to do this year five test. So we'll get this, these, yeah. these children to do the year three version or the year two version or whatever. It's, it's, just, mm. it's just pointless. The data doesn't tell you anything. The scores are yeah. just um, not, not yeah. meaningful. No, the scores so that's are one thing. Not useful. You could use them diagnostically, where you, you want to assess, you know, how yeah, does the just child want to use the to questions the to see Fine. how they tackle those particular questions. But um, don't attach a number to that. No. Uh, <laughs> and and the, yeah. the other thing is that, that I'm I'm kind of concerned that we might go backwards with the whole kind of assessment without levels thing. Um, yeah. That that schools are just going to start inventing. They're going to feel like they're under pressure to um, sort of show some kind of progress for children, yeah. maybe mm. groups, certain groups of children, like they're going to, Oh, this is our catch up group. And mm. we've got to show how much they've caught up by. So I've just invented this completely invented this metric, uh, that mm. shows, and I, cause I get asked these questions all the time, but how, how do we measure the small steps of learning, the small steps of learning? That's something I get asked about a lot when mm. it comes to children with special educational needs. And this has yep. been going on and on and on since level, they got rid of levels. Well, now got rid of levels. How do we measure the small steps of learning? Because what we used to do was just chop the levels into three bits and then chop those three bits into more bits and then into more bits, and more bits. And then we took the P scales and we chopped those into bits. And then we yep. said, look, they've made uh, 0.8 <laughs> of a P scale in the last. And he go, whoa, what? That's like four, four fifths of a P scale in the last, you know, six yeah. weeks. It's just yeah. bonkers. And, it, and yeah. it worries me that this is going to happen Again, it's going to, yeah. that, that kind of, it, it kind of died off mm. and then it's going to go, whoa, it's, you pushed it down and it's going to pop yeah. back up again. Don't do that, schools. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, what, what we yeah. want to do is to say, um, I say, just be sensible about what you're doing, schools. I'm sure that lots of you are, you know, but, but and also just understand that, that the current situation in terms of what people are expecting you to do has changed dramatically. Um, you know, Ofsted, to name yeah, me, I mean, um, the walls of the door. What people expect yeah. you to do. And some yeah. people are expecting yeah. the right things, but there's this kind of yeah. devil on your shoulder, or it could be some kind of external influence or whatever, that's saying, no, 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 you should be doing this. And you've got to show me this day. I'm going to come in and I'm going to visit your school. And you've got to show me this day. So you've got to show me something. Exactly. And, and that, that kind of worries me. You've got to listen to the voices. Yeah. Teachers, senior leaders know 
if yeah. what they're doing is just nonsense. Yeah, exactly. And listen to those and voices. We, yeah, exactly. And we know, you know, from, from all of the things that have happened with Ofsted and those people outside, that they're basically saying, you know, you've got to take control of what you're doing, um, into, particularly in terms of your assessment, make some decisions, but then more importantly, what actions come out of that. You don't need to gather the information for the sake of it. It's, you know, use the information and use it properly, which hopefully people will do. And it's going to be really interesting to see, I say, um, next time we... Um, uh, we podcasters just to see uh, what has actually happened and to get some really good feedback from schools. Yeah. So there you have it. I think yeah. we've got a fairly good idea as to what we want them to, uh, everybody to do. Um, I think we're going to finish now to say uh, the Data Busters podcast, we aim to publish monthly. It's usually bi-monthly at the moment. Um, we do it during the academic year. We're available on all good podcast outlets. So if you like what we're doing, again, please do recommend us to mm-hmm. others. Tweet us, let us know. If you've got any questions, then send them in to us. You can send them in via Anchor, which is the app that we use for this. Or you can contact us on Twitter, either at Data Busting or at Jamie Pembroke, J Pembroke, at J Pembroke. So that's it, I think. Um, uh, Jamie, final words from you. What do you think that schools, any message you want to send out to people? Um, I, I, the thing that's interests interest me is that obviously there's no statutory assessment this year. So this yeah. is something to think about. I did ask this question in a governor's meeting. Um, will this actually be of benefit to uh, children and to teachers? And will that mean that, they, that teachers have more time to teach? They're not preparing for key yeah. stage two Particularly tests. in primary. Particularly so actually, in primary. Will, yeah. will be, in the absence of statutory assessment, will, like, t- mm. will teachers be free to teach and will learning improve? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just, I, I'm just interested to see uh, yeah. how things pan out because this is two years now without statutory assessment in primary schools and obviously secondary mm. Uh, as well, I think I said that's a different matter. That's all the absence of GCSEs, that kind of final hmm. exam. But I think in primary, think it's going to be the, really interesting to see what happens when some term is not geared towards geared towards SATs. Yeah, next time, what happens in primaries and also what's happened in secondaries? Because again, secondaries are having to react to a whole new expectation of them for how they're going to do things. Yeah. But I think we'll have to join that and look at those things next time. <laughs> So, uh, until next time then, we hope our discussions here have helped you to decide what to do now. Um, Best of luck, everybody, and keep data busting.